Thank you all for uh, giving us heaven. Today, we are going to look at a a passage that uh, continues to to highlight the great name and power of Jesus and the, the healing that he brings of all kinds. Healing uh, that is uh, he- healing that is in- even of, of relationships. Healing uh, of uh, um, of uh, feuds and uh, the things that distinguish us from one another, that divide us from one another. Jesus brings healing. Um, uh, not only physically, not only spiritually, but even in in relationships, and we we recognize that this this healing of Jesus is so great. You know, his his embrace is so great that it is to any and all that will come to him, believing in him. Any and all, and we'll see in our passage just how broad. Um, uh, this invitation is how broad his, his power is, and, and we recognize in, in from the. Um, I want to share with you just some little letters from children to God, that that highlight just how difficult it is for us to have healing, even in our relationships with one another. That our um, the, the the great challenge, uh, one of the great challenges of the church is is to be to come before Jesus in our need, and he meets us there, and that's where we are unified in him. And, and so um, just uh, this week ran across these. You probably see these every once in a while. They make it through um, emails, and you, you see them just on different, uh, um, uh, different places. But I wanted to share with you some. Um, this is from Nan. Dear God, I bet it is very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. <laughs> huh? So Nan recognizes, even her own family, the challenge that it is. And dear God, if we come back as something, please don't let me be Jennifer Horton because I hate her from Denise. Now, we might sort of ship, we, we can say hate in church. Well, but the wonderful thing or the terrible thing of children is they reveal what's in us. I mean, there's a saint. Now, we've got to deal with that theology of reincarnation, too. Um, uh, but that, that'll come later. But, you know, that issue within us of just the folks that we despise, even. And dear God, please send Dennis Clark to a different camp this year, Peter. You know, so got to give Peter some props here. At least he wants Dennis to go to camp. Just doesn't want him to go to the same camp that he's going to. So, uh, and then finally from Joyce, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. Children demonstrate the powerful need for God's healing power in our relationships, even with one another. Uh, and we'll, again, we'll, we'll see that in our passage today. John chapter 4, starting with verse 43. It's on page 865 in your pew Bible. Let's, uh, let's pray. Uh, Father, as we've been singing, we, we do desire to meet with you. Um, or even if we don't desire it, really, we want to desire it. Um, we know in the depth of our soul that we need you. We, we need you in every way. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. So speak to us. Help us to hear you. And then to believe you. 
and to act. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, John chapter 4, starting with verse 43. When the two days were over, he, Jesus, went from that place to Galilee. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in the prophet's own country. When he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, since they'd seen all that he'd done in Jerusalem at the festival, for they too had gone to the festival. Then he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had changed the water into wine. Now, there was a royal official whose son lay ill in Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my little boy dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started on his way. As he was going down, his slaves met him and told him that his child was alive. So he asked them the hour when he began to recover. And they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon the fever left him. The father realized that this was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he himself believed, along with his whole household. Now this was the second sign that Jesus did after coming from Judea to Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, the first thing I want to do is just look at who this royal officer is, who this guy is that comes to Jesus in his deep need, that his son was dying, and Jesus, you need to come visit him in our house so that you will heal him. Um, the, because uh, we would just think of this uh, royal official and maybe not think anything of it, but for the folks of Jewish origin in his day, they would see him as a representative of the oppressive, evil Roman government. I mean, he's one who represents King Herod, who is uh, overseeing that land, and one who was not really nice. To, the, to Jesus' people and the folks that were hanging with him. He, he would be seen as one who is, is powerful, who has resource, and who uses that for his own gain and, and oppresses the people that he's overseeing. And, and, you know, and the Roman government is there in Israel. They, they are an occupying force who continues to extract whatever they want from the people. So to see this royal official would be one that would turn the stomachs of many of the people around Jesus. Now you can, I'm sure that you don't have to do much imagining, but you can think of at least one government official over the last 15, 20 years. For some of you it will be one person and uh, for others it will be somebody very different. But you can find one. I trust you. Each one of you can find one that you would say they used that power and that resource for what was evil and they used that to oppress the people to get what they wanted instead of to to really serve the people. And how you feel towards that person would be how people would feel when they hear this story that this official, this Roman government official is coming to Jesus 
for the healing of his son. There may even be in the crowd people that would say, serves his son right. And yet, Jesus welcomes him with open arms. And in, in just the, the, the passage, and just before it, same chapter, the very beginning of chapter 4, is a different encounter of Jesus with an individual, but it's the same, same point of, of just how broad, how wide is God's mercy, how broad is Jesus' embrace that in, includes anyone and everyone that come to him because at the beginning of the passage, Jesus encounters a woman of Samaria at a water well. And, and she would be despised sort of for the totally opposite opposite end of the spectrum. You know, so there's the, the one who's the, the filthy rich, and now there's this woman. Well, one, she's, she's got a bunch of strikes against her. Being a woman, that wasn't highly valued in the first century. Being from Samaria, they were hated. They were half-breeds. They had sort of taken a little bit of Judaism and thrown a few things in there, made their own religion. So they, they were worse than Gentiles because they had, um, in, in, in ways, they'd taken what was pure, made it impure. And so she would have been despised for that. And then we find out from Jesus in his interaction with her that, that she was also had a very unrighteous life. That she'd been married five different times and was currently living with a sixth man who wasn't her husband. You know, so she on one end and this official on the other would equally be despised and looked down upon. And yet Jesus in both encounters them as valuable human beings who he adores and who he speaks life and healing into both of them. One is imprisoned by by illness and and fear and, and death. The other is imprisoned by guilt and sin and shame. And he comes and offers them true liberty, true freedom. And, and demonstrates for us how he comes and his healing power is, destroys the walls that we build up. The ways that we divide, the ways that we call some people good and some people bad. He destroys those and says, you can either say all are good because they're made in his image or all are bad because they're sinful. But there is no distinction. They're all in the same camp in the eyes of Jesus couple implications of that just to think about one you you may be here thinking you are unworthy you may be here when, and and you're displeased with yourself you don't like yourself and yet you come here because somebody drags you here or you feel some need or you're you're, you're seeking after god but or for some reason though you don't feel you're worthy you're wrong that is, that is a lie of the, the world and the evil one because the way of Jesus is to welcome, embrace, to adore all of his creation even in our sin and brokenness and evil. He destroys all of those walls. And, and what makes us equal before Jesus and what you see in both of these cases is they come to Jesus in their need we don't, we don't gather here coming to Jesus to bring Him what we got. To bring Him our gifts, our abilities, our resources, our talent. That, that's not, we come, what, eat, what breaks us all is we come to Jesus because we need 
him. That's why the table is, is such a beautiful picture of that equality. That we come, we can only receive from Jesus because we are sinners, we are broken, we are flawed. We need his grace and mercy. Another implication of this is in our own minds, you know, who are our Jennifer Hortons? You know, who are the ones that I'll come back as anybody but not that one? People we despise. Jesus loves them. He wants to heal their sick son. He, he wants to bring healing to their lives. So, I mean, there are people that have hurt you and harmed you that, have, that you despise for whatever reason. Jesus loves them. And he calls us and other places to pray for them and to pray for their blessing. Because that's the nature of Jesus' healing power. It's not because we deserve it or we're good enough or that we've done something to earn it. It's because of His great name and His unbound affection. How how crucial that is for us as a church who seeks to be a church of all different types and kinds, a multicultural community of those that are following after Jesus, who are connected in Jesus no matter our differences. What we see here with this broad spectrum of this woman and this man coming before Jesus is what makes us equal before Jesus is when we come in humility, giving Him our need. Is, um, uh, highlight, I want to remind you again about the devotions that we're going through during the month of, of John, um, during the month during the summer to do the book of John. Um, there uh, and just this last week, Thursday was a great one that spoke to that call of humility. Spoke particularly about John the Baptist, who told us that he had to decrease so that Jesus could increase. And and that's what brings us together and here our common, absolutely necessary need. For Jesus. Now, the, the second thing in the passage to look at as well is the, the, the Galileans. You know, there's sort of an extra little um, character in, in this story. Um, uh, John uh, begins with them and talks about the Galileans. You know, they were, they were, they were good. They, they had a good pedigree. You know, they were Jewish. They went to the festival. They were doing the things they were supposed to do. Jesus was there, and they saw what Jesus was doing, and they liked it. You know, they were, they were enamored with Jesus. They, they were um, like Jesus groupies. You know, they were, they were fans of him. They, they would follow him around in order to see the fireworks that he would bring. You know, they, 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 because he, he would do great things. I mean, he, he healed people. You know, he had great teaching. And so they, they would hang around with him, but they would keep him at an arm's distance. You know, they, they were there to see the show, to be entertained, but they didn't come to Jesus bringing their need for him. And um, I, I think as well, he's he speaking to them in verse 48. You know, so after the Roman official has come and said, My son's dying, can you come to Capernaum and heal him? Then Jesus makes this odd statement. And he says, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And then he goes on and heals the man's son. You know, it's sort of like, where, what exactly? That might be one that you'd say, Hmm. 
Uh, what's, What's he getting at there? Well, there's one thing that you'll see in your footnotes and that you need to know, and I harp on this regularly, we need good Southerners to translate the Bible because it should say, unless y'all see. Because that's what it is. It's it's second person plural. It's youans. If we need Pennsylvanians in here, whatever. But it's the you plural. And, and, and so Jesus is sort of, he's talking to the man, but he's sort of saying, now y'all need signs and wonders or you'll never believe. And he's talking to the crowd that's around, the fans of Jesus. You know, they just sort of stay in the seats and watch, but they don't get on the field and say, Jesus, I need you. And, and so it is a negative statement that he's making there and um, uh, saying that you're really here for the signs. And when you're really here, and you, we'll see it later on, where the folks, when he's providing food, you're just here for the food. You're not here for me. You're here for the blessing, but not the blessor. You're here for the gifts, but not the giver. And, and, and so he, he charges, and, and when we come in that way, that will keep us, well, it'll keep us separated from him and separated from one another if we just gather for the fireworks, if we just gather for a little pick-me-up along the way, if we just gather for the show instead of really encountering Jesus in our need. Because when we come together encountering Jesus in our need, seeking his healing power in our midst, I mean, seeking him to do things that, that only he can do in us. When that in us and around us, when that happens, then it has impact on the community around us. It has impact on our families. It has impact on those that, with whom we work. Fascinating interchange there at the, in the last part of the passage between the, the, the royal official and, uh, and Jesus. Because what, what happens there then is right after Jesus you know, says this to the, to the Galileans, to those that are gathered, you're, only gonna, um, you're really not going to believe. You're just here for the signs and wonders. He, he says um, uh, the, the guy then comes up to Jesus. He, he's, he's sort of agitated. Even You may catch that. He's like, listen, Jesus, unless you go now, remember my son, appreciate the teaching moment, but we've got to get to Capernaum because my son is there and he is dying. And, you know, being an official, a royal official, he does, he even commands Jesus there. He says, hey, Jesus, you've got to go to the Son. And Jesus, who, who is the Lord of the universe, then says, you go home and your son is well. So we, we, there's this huge change where the official who's used to giving the orders is now taking really the orders from Jesus. And, and as he has come and given his need, now what the, the Roman official is now submitting, obeying Jesus as his Lord. And Jesus doesn't do what he says. He doesn't go to Capernaum. But he, the royal official, does what Jesus says and goes. And he's healed. His son is healed. And he, on his way home, the, the, his servants and slaves come and, and meet with him. Uh, again, a sign that he's very wealthy. Um, that man, that he, he comes and they t- tells him, yeah, he's, he's been healed. And he's been healed at 
this time of, of day, at what time was it? And it's exactly the same time that Jesus was telling him that your son is healed. So as to demonstrate for sure, this is a supernatural work of the power of God in bringing healing to his son. And then we're told that the man believes and the rest of his household, you know, his, the, the parents, the children, the, the workers, the servants, the slaves, all of them then join in and believe. The same thing happens with the Samaritan woman in the story um, earlier, the woman at the well. Because after she encounters Jesus and her need is brought up, then she goes home and tells her how Jesus brought healing to her very soul. And they hear and they're made curious. And Jesus is contagious in that way. And they come and find him and they encounter Jesus and believe as well. That's, that's, that is what happens when, when we as a community come before Jesus individually and corporately seeking His healing power in our deficiencies, in our needs, in our sin, in our brokenness. That that brings healing then to our community. That brings healing into our, into our families. That brings healing into our workplace as, as we encounter His healing power in this way. That brings true freedom and liberty. And that's why it's so crucial for us as, as a church not to be fans of Jesus not to be groupies, not just to celebrate just the we want the oohs and the ahs of the fireworks but to really come to Him in our need and, and then in our submission. And to, to be that, that kind of place where we even demonstrate the healing in relationships that our community, that our nation needs. You know, today, I mean, that, that we can demonstrate what July 4th is truly all about. That kind of freedom and liberty from sin and shame, guilt and death. That kind of freedom that brings a true equality to one another. Because we're celebrating that this week. But I don't want to rain on our July 4th parades, nor put a damper on the fun of the fireworks. But we have to recognize the reality of our history that has not lived into that kind of freedom and liberty. Certainly, July 4th, 1776, was not a day of freedom for all. On July 5th, there were still lots of people who were enslaved. There were still lots of people who were oppressed and slaughtered. They were not freed. And we have to recognize that reality in our history, but recognize, too, that our journey has been one of pursuing that dream together. And, and that, that God has led us and blessed us to make, to make steps, but we recognize today that, that we're, we're still got a ways to go. I mean, even in our own city with this, the recent Ray Tensing trial over the um, uh, killing of Sam DuBose. I don't know if you saw this week, the judge in the case said as she was observing this and feeling all that was going on around, it was obvious to her of the racial strife and division in our city. We need healing. We need continued healing as a nation as a community. And 
our opportunity as a church coming before Jesus in need of that healing, submitting to His ways, pursuing that healing in our relationships with one another is one that we hope and pray will then have the same impact as the healing of that man's son and of the Samaritan woman. That will have a healing impact, powerful impact on our own families, on our own neighborhoods, on our own community, on our own city, even our own nation. It's crazy to even think that, isn't it? Well, it, it, it is unless it's the power of Jesus that is at work within us. We, we aren't about being connected in Jesus no matter our differences, just for our own peace. We, we do that as a witness to the very healing power of Jesus that is greater than death itself, that is greater than sin, that is greater than shame, that is greater than guilt, that is greater than hatred. And we submit to the way of Jesus' healing so that he will bring healing among us and then healing to our world for his glory. Now in... Uh, in a moment, we're going to come to the, the table. We're going to come to the uh, prayer stations. And what I invite you to do in this, this time, as we come to the tables, we come to the prayer stations, is to bring your need. To bring the, the need that you feel. It, it may be your own. It may be, just, it may be your own brokenness. It may be physical. It may be spiritual. It may be relational. It may, may be the, the need of the, the person you despise that you bring him for. Maybe the, the need of our community, the need of our nation, a, a need around you that you see where we need Jesus healing. But in humility, let's, let's take this time to come, show, share our need, and to receive. To receive His healing power in our lives and whatever the needs around us might be. Let's pray together. Almighty God, uh, we ask, um, Lord, that you would continue to hear our needs as we come before you at this table. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.